On the week in which the new iPhone comes out, there's an interesting article in USA Today about why brand names are so important to us. Why our brains recognize uh, brand names a certain way. How interesting. It is interesting. Science. Um, also, um, Bannon. The secret power behind Donald Trump. His first ever interview on 60 Minutes last night. I was freaking furious. Even though I'm a Charlie Rose fan. And he did what all the media does all the time. Freaking infuriating to me. The way it was handled. But we'll play some clips of that in just a minute. Alright, I'm curious to know. What angered you so? Just to wrap up the discussion of the uh, drive to get enough interpreters for California courtrooms, they say at least 220 languages spoke in California. 44% of residents speak a language other than English at home. I don't know how you can run a society like that. E pluribus pluribus. 7 million Californians say they cannot speak English well. It's your nation's biggest court system. And we resume the discussion. 8 million cases a year, California courts. Now, in the majority of California courts as of December last year, because they're in the enforcement phase of California's language access plan for the courts, a uh, pretty good majority said they were offering interpreters in high-priority civil disputes like those with protective orders, child custody, etc. Uh, uh, the reality, according to one of the guys who's behind it, is we're never going to have enough qualified interpreters in enough languages for every courtroom that needs them at the time they need them. That is just not going to be possible. Um, well, that would be good to say, and probably a big, widespread uh, campaign to get everybody to learn English as fast as they can. Um, California has long provided interpreters for criminal and juvenile cases. Now the law says they must offer them in civil courtrooms. What are we talking about? Well, the legislature and Jerry Brown have been sympathetic and provided $7 million in the past fiscal year uh, to get interpreters in Spanish, Vietnamese, Korean, American Sign Language, Mandarin, Farsi, Cantonese, Russian, Tagalog, Arabic, Punjabi, Cambodian slash Khmer, uh, Japanese, Malayalam, Hmong, Lao, and even dialects of the Aleutian Islands. They describe one case in which the defendant knew only an indigenous language spoken in some parts of Mexico known as Mixteco. The only interpreter could be found didn't speak English. So that person translated Mixteco into Spanish, second translated the Spanish in, into English, and clearing up the traffic ticket probably took 11 hours. Uh, it doesn't say, but uh, it's going to be enormously expensive and complicated, but that's okay. One part of the St- Steve Bannon interview from 60 Minutes last night we're not going to play is when they got into it on illegal immigration a little while, and Charlie Rose <laughs> went the, with the, we're a nation of immigrants, we're all immigrants. <laughs> Steve Bannon said, that's beneath you, Charlie. Please. That was good. That was really good. Just one final point on the interpreter thing. And I've been saying this for years because it's documentable. It's true. You know, uh, Jerry Brown denies every time California's ranked 50th in business climate, 49th in the quality of the legal climate, et cetera, et cetera. And and that people are fleeing California. He goes, oh, the the population of the state is uh, growing. We remain the uh, beacon of uh, hope for people. Uh, yeah, that's the ticket. If California had not imported foreigners, immigrants, generally low-skilled, the population would have plunged. The 44% of corrupt Californians don't speak English at home. It's practically the only reason the state still exists. Oh, excellent point. Is roping in excellent low-skilled point. foreign people. Excellent point. 
And then from an economic perspective, if if uh, if Steve Jobs hadn't been adopted in the Bay Area, who knows what the economy would be? Right, literally, he was an adopted child. If he'd been adopted in Dallas, yeah, yeah, be very very different. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into a little of this. Charlie Rose interviewing Steve Bannon last night. Uh, roll this first clip for us. Here. Well, first off, okay, the swamp is fifty years in the making. Let's talk about the swamp. The swamp is a is a business model. It's a successful business model. It's it's a donor consultant, uh, K Street lobbyist, politician, seven of the nine biggest, most uh, wealthiest counties in America ring Washington, D.C. What are you talking about when you talk about the swamp? You're talking about the lobbyists and the people. The permanent political class is represented by both parties. You're not going to drain that in eight months. You're not going to drain it in two terms. This is going to take 10, 15, 20 years of relentlessly going after it. Excellent stuff right there. Something we talk about all the time. That is is uh, the MSM, the mainstream media. Are they unaware of that, or they don't care, or because they're part of it? Or they see it. Well, yeah, they are absolutely a part of it. Because that's a nonpartisan thing. He, he he regularly during the interview said it's Republicans and Democrats doing this. It's mm-hmm. not you know, which is why Trump right. is willing to go either direction. Well, I'll tell you this on a human level. Uh, being a, a even medium-level uh, journalist in D.C., it's it's a huge ego trip and it's hu- a huge buzz. It's like having backstage passes to like a big-time rock show where, uh, you know, everybody sees you getting access and getting in and you come back with, you know, Keith Richards' guitar pick or, you know, pick your generation, the idiot from Coldplay, signs your whatever. Um it's a buzz to be part of that. It's incredibly alluring. So, yeah, the media isn't good. Any more than, you know, your average baseball writer is going to say, you know, this game is too slow-paced and stupid. Nobody's going to watch. I, it's, it won't happen. So, yeah, they're 100% part of it. Yeah, and the, swamp, the giant profitable business sure, that is government. Sure, and the swamp is both parties, and it would take, it would take uh, multiple administrations and a generation to do anything about it. Right. But it's all about Trump. Uh, he took on the Bush administration, back to the whole taking on Republicans thing. From all the geniuses in the Bush administration that got us here, the geniuses in the Bush administration that let China in the WTO, and genius in the Bush administration told us, hey, they're going to be a liberal democracy, they're going to be free market capitalism, okay? The same geniuses that got us into Iraq. That's the geniuses of the Bush administration. I hold these people in contempt, total and complete contempt. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. They're, 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 it's, it's, it, it gets all over me like, like nothing else. And you know why? They're idiots. And they've gotten us in this situation, and they question a good Who man like Donald about? Trump. I don't want to name names. Well, name you have names. to name names because you're painting with a broad uh, you know, brush, and the that's con- The Condi Rice, the George W. Bush, his entire national security apparatus, and the Prince national Skokoff, security. Colin Powell, yes. Condi Rice, Absolutely. Dick all of Cheney. All of it. All of it. All of it. All of it. By the way, the Obama crowd, almost the same. Clinton crowd, almost the same. It's three, it's three administrations. We, Sean and I were remarking how he went. He he went from I'm not going to name names to listing eight names in like a second. <laughs> Didn't really have to turn the screws too much on. Did he? I'll name names. <laughs> They're idiots. Ow, ow, you're twisting my arm. Okay, all They're right. idiots. So what part of this is still surprising to people that he's willing to take on the Republican Party? If, if they they hold them in contempt, right? <laughs> The most recent politi- the political dynasty in the Republican Party. They they not only don't agree with them, they hate them. They think they destroyed America. Right. And so when you see Trump not being entirely in love with Mitch McConnell, that, that's his guy. That's the voice he's had in his ear. 
I want to save the uh, the gossip stuff next about the <clears throat> the Billy Bush tape. We'll, we'll save for after the commercials. But this is what made me so mad about the interview last night. This is the part that I found infuriating. And this is, you know, get used to it. Uh, you know, once again, here's 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 somebody who leans my direction complaining about mainstream media or whatever. Freaking Trump got elected president, all right? He got enough electoral votes the way we do our system to get elected president. And at no point in that interview did they tip their hat toward that majority of people out there who care about what Trump cares about and Bannon cares about. Right. The working class, the stagnant the, the stagnant wages, the jobs going to China, the it seems like we care more about people from other countries than we care about our own company. None of that. Nobody had any interest in that conversation at all. No. That's how he got freaking elected. That's why people were turning out and cheering is because of that. Not a second for that. Not a minute for that in a 20-minute interview. Charlie Rose acted like Trump got the presidency by winning a contest on the back of a cereal box or right, something like right. that. Right, and, yeah. and clearly everybody agrees that it's a mistake and ridiculous and it's all about racism or or, or whatever else. But none of it. Bannon's whole thing is he cares about the working class and thinks they're being screwed by Republicans and Democrats. They spent no time on that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that really is. That really and is. That, and I'll tell you one thing. The, uh, parties that ignore that are going to continue to lose, whether it's the Republicans or Democrats again. Or the media party. For that matter. Or the media party. Yeah. They just do not, they do not acknowledge that that was the driving force behind Trump getting elected. That was the driving force behind Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. Right. Yeah. It's the same crowd. But they just didn't even, that subject didn't even come up. The entire reason for getting elected president didn't come up in the conversation. Right. That's weird. Didn't have time for it. But this Billy Bush stuff is pretty good. The day after the Billy Bush tape came out, Trump had a big meeting with everybody saying, what do you think I ought to do? And I thought this was really interesting stuff. I hadn't heard this before. I think you ought to learn how to shake hands, sir. (laughs) Instead of grabbing women, but well... Just, it's impolite, sir. Well, yeah, I wonder how much of the meeting was. That's how you greet women? And you that, look that them works. in the eyes. The eyes! Shake their hands, say, it's nice to meet you. Oh, you grabbed her again. Some of them were appalled. Some of them thought, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I saw this article over the weekend. I thought, yeah, we were talking about this. Are you having apocalyptic thoughts amid nature's chaos? You could be forgiven for that. Yeah, no kidding. Hurricanes, earthquakes, fires. North Korea about to blow up the world. It's not uh, It's not that irrational to think, what is going on here? Are these the end times? Right. Something weird's happening. Um, wanted to get one more quick section from uh, Bannon's interview on 60 Minutes last night. I thought this was really interesting. This is kind of gossipy, really, but you know, I like that sort of thing. I loved it just because he's not awestruck by 60 Minutes. You know, Bannon. he's willing to say, what, what? You're full of crap with that. Cut it out. He was full of crap a couple of times. I don't remember what, though, Bannon. There was one time where I thought, geez, you are so just making S up. But I don't remember what it was. In general, I agree with his philosophy. But there, right. was, one, there was one thing he was pushing. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, so this, uh, this is the day after the Billy Bush tape came out. It was one of a dozen times when I thought Trump's done. Um, you announced he was done. Any, Wrong. Anybody else would have been <laughs> in any other time in history. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Including the future. <laughs> Including the future, exactly. Right, yeah. uh, but so, the- 
so Trump had a meeting of uh, all the particulars uh, to say, uh, what are we going to do? And here's how it went. And, and Trump went around the room and asked people the percentages he thought of, of still winning and what the recommendation. And Ryan started off and Ryan said, you have, uh, you have two choices. You either drop out right now or you'll lose by the biggest landslide in American political history. And Trump, with his humor, goes, that's a great way, that's a great way to start our, start our conversation. We went around the room. And you could tell, I could tell from the incoming of politicians and I could tell from some of the politicians that were there is that the natural inclination of politicians are, are, are to be so overwhelmingly um, uh, stunned and shocked by how the media comes on you. But Trump wasn't that. And I told him as he went around, I was the last guy to speak. And I said, it's 100%. You have 100% probability of winning. And that's the first time. The but only you time. seem to have done that at every point in the campaign. When he was in trouble, asking him to double down on his rhetoric, double down in terms of appealing to his base. Appealing to the American people and to the working class people in this country, absolutely. You know why? Because it was a winner. That's why I told him double down every time. And on that day, that's the first time and only time he ever got upset with him. He goes, come on, it's not 100%. I go, it's absolutely 100%. And I told him why. They don't care. And they do care about respect for women. They, they do, do, they do but, they, but they... But and it's not just locker room talk. I it's mean, locker room talk. The Billy Bush thing is locker room talk. So a couple of things there. Yeah, um, I love that. One, it's amazing... Ryan's Priebus says, you either have to get out of the race. This was in October. Right. The Republican nominee's going to drop out. Well, that was <laughs> Ryan's fantasy from the beginning. This is a month out from the election. The Republican nominee's going to drop out. That's so, right. Get thirsty little Marco in there. Lose respectably. What would have happened then? We probably discussed it at the time. About Fifty times we discussed it. I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall either. Anyway, so either you have to call a special congress of the state parties. The blah blah blah. <laughs> so either get out of the race or lose by the biggest margin ever. Right, right. It, Good when... call, Reince. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So was Bannon? I mean, did he really have his finger on the pulse? Really understand something that nobody else did? Well, that's clearly true. To a certain extent. Or did he just roll the dice and have one of the great wins in the history of rolling the dice to say it's 100% you're going to win? I reckon he's probably a true believer. I mean, how many people believed he was going to win on Election Day? Not very many. Well, well, Bannon is fantastically biased, obviously, toward his own point of view. But I, I believe he could have believed it. I, I, it's a hell of a deal. It's a hell of a gamble. I want to I play this one more thing because this, this is whatever happened to Chris Christie, which is pretty good. Christie, because of uh, Billy Bush uh, weekend, uh, and uh, was uh, was uh, not looked as for a cabinet position. He wasn't there for you on Billy Bush weekend, so therefore he doesn't get a cabinet position. I told him the plane leaves at eleven o'clock in the morning. If you're on the plane, you're on the team. Didn't make the plane. So does that mean that Christie didn't show up for the flight because he didn't want to be associated? Correct. That's what that means. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. Well, so he, he played. He bailed. He played it. Well, he uh, he denied he denied Jesus. I mean, he said, As it I, were. "I've never met him." Right, Donald? Who? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He, he made a calculation. I can't blame the fat man no. for the calculation no. he made at the time. No, it looked. I mean, you just you had to have a better understanding than than we did, honestly, of the Trump nominon and what was behind it. Okay, so that because gets... it was so not. A politician in a political campaign. Right. And so that gets to uh, well, what I was talking about previous segment, that it made me so mad that they, they didn't even spend any time on 
those rallies where you'd have 30,000 people chanting. What was that all about, Steve Bannon? No. How do you not have that part of the argument, How to, a part of the interview, and you talk about working class people in this country feel like they're getting screwed? How is that not part of the discussion? And that's why it bothers me. Listen for this. This has become a thing. I meant to say this last week. Um, when people say play into his base, the base, when they say the base, what they what they mean is, and they're hinting at, what they're trying to say is, but they don't have the balls to say it out loud, is the racist, the racist numbnuts out there, mm-hmm. the anti-immigrant people. Right. That's the base. And well, so, from the perception of a Manhattan elite journalist, that's what it is. And so, and They're so, wrong, and but that's Bannon, their perception. And what I liked was Bannon didn't let Charlie Rose get away with that. Yeah. Charlie Rose said, so he, he do- you had him double down to appeal to his base. Charlie Rose meant the racist idiots. Yeah. And, and Steve Bannon said, the working class people, the people in this country who have the blue collar jobs. He wanted to point out who the base is. Yeah. Because Charlie Rose and all of the mainstream media is insinuating the base is something else. Right. And, and by the way, you are going to continue to lose elections until you figure out who the base of Donald Trump I w- is. I wanted Charlie Rose to ask some questions about, so what's up with your tired eyes, Steve Bannon? Because those things, oh. I mean, are you oh. emptying vacuum bags oh. directly into your <laughs> eyes before you do a TV are interview? Are you stoned? Is it hay fever? Like, you mi- look mixing terrible. Mixing a nap or some eye drops or something. Like, those are some tired eyes. Or do you never come out of your hangover? <laughs> <laughs> you think he's a bit of a, uh, you know, a little drinker? His nose is red. Yeah. His eyes are red. He looks like he got, they did the interview at five. He got out of bed about three, took yeah. a shower, ate some greasy food. Not a Made, good shower. Just like let yeah. the cold water run <laughs> yeah. over you shower. Head up against the tile. Threw up in the drain a couple of times. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he has exactly the skin tone, the complexion of my junior high school band director. Oof. Who was a gifted musician and really a pretty beautiful guy when you got to know him. And I did because I was even as a lad, a music freak. But he was he this this is this is so great. This is the 1970s for you in his band room office. He had a Cuddy Sark poster, which is a not terribly good brown liquor. It's whiskey, right? Or I bourbon believe, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. He had a liquor poster <laughs> in his office at a middle school. <laughs> And he would just stare at me like, five o'clock, can't come soon enough. Oh, no, he, I guarantee, I would bet my left arm right now, and I'm left-handed, that he had a bottle in his desk. He was he was nipping all day. Right, and and Steve Bannon has exactly his same pallor. You usually so, see that pallor at the morgue. Oh, nice. When they, when they open the drawer. Wow, way to take it dark. Well, Bannon, Bannon looks rough. He's alive and well. <laughs> Vital as he was when he was eighteen, he just lives in the dark almost exclusively. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I was hoping we had the uh, the immigration clips. We don't. Uh, no, I can grab those I, though. I tell you what, we should grab those. I don't know if we're going to do it today, but the Atlantic, to their credit, has an absolutely brilliant piece about what the left gets wrong on the immigration topic, illegal immigration in, in particular. It's absolutely terrific and intellectually very uh, brave for the Atlantic to do it. I, I'm not sure we'll get to it today, but it's good stuff. One more Bannon thing. I don't know why they left this out of uh, 60 Minutes last night, because they had the the rest of the interview in 60 Minutes Online. Well, in that online portion, Bannon called the Comey firing, Trump firing Comey, the biggest mistake in modern political history. Oh, yeah, which I is saw a that headline. Heck of a thing to say. I mean, that's that's a newsmaking thing to say. He went against this guy for once. Well, I'd say. To call it the biggest mistake in modern political history, that, that includes a lot of things. Yeah, I'd say. War in Iraq. Monica. Uh, healthcare.gov not working. Yeah. Lots of things. Wow. 
I'd like to hear that. Yeah. Did they leave that on the online part to try to drive? Your 85-year-old viewer on 60 Minutes is not going to the website to watch the rest of the interview. Right. That was the biggest thing that I saw floating around the social media people sharing and responding to was that quote. So well, it's interesting that it wasn't in the main thing. That's a huge headline. Why did they leave it out? Did that uh, it upset the, the narrative? It might, it might. It might. Yeah. That might be it. Yeah. That stuff where he actually contradicts Trump, leave that oh, out. Oh, that makes it look like he thinks for himself. We don't want that. Either one of them thinking for themselves. Right. It's like they disagree sometimes on major issues. Better leave that part out. That's interesting. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Hillary Clinton tells Jane Polly what happened. Oh, speaking of what happened, what happened to the North Korean nuke test? We'll get into that. And within 10 years, robots are going to be replacing the nation's teachers. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Robots are going to replace teachers. Well, I would think that was one job robots can't do. Teach first graders? Huh. For help on multiplication, press 1. For help on division, press 2. <laughs> Did you bring enough for the whole class? Put that away. Uh, stay tuned. Why do our robots always talk like that? Robot. <laughs> stay tuned the Armstrong and Getty Show. brains respond to brand names, which kind of fits in with Apple unveiling their iPhone this week. Super. Plus, we've got a little more Steve Bannon to share at some point. What to what to what to what? Plus, a county that has more opioid prescriptions than people. Is that common? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. Probably not. That's why we're talking about <laughs> Anybody in this room have an opioid prescription currently? I do Marshall not. does. My daughter does. Yeah. Okay. Discussed last yeah. week. Is and she so in the room currently? But if she were, so that'd be two. She's out of, in my heart. That'd be two out of seven. <laughs> that's enough. Yeah. Let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, so what happened? That's the name of Hillary Clinton. What happened? Yeah, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. In this county, we're going to talk about. Everybody in the room has one, and two of us have two. Mm. <laughs> that's how crazy it is. Stay with. Us. So what's the name of Hillary's new book? What happened? What happened? <laughs> what happened? That's the name of Hillary's book. You know, it's funny. I was just reading about her new website that one of her hacks has come up with, Verit. Oh, the new news thing, yeah. Yeah, according to, um, according to, I guess this is the Washington Post. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, da, da, da. Verit is supposed to collect and contextualize newsworthy quotes, stats, and facts for politically engaged citizens. In practice, it slaps informational tidbits into shareable images with seven-digit codes that allow viewers... Verit's collection is finite, filled only with carefully curated cards that confirm Clinton's voters' views. It serves no purpose except to spare those voters the need to confront beliefs that conflict with their own. The Washington Post review of Vera oh, was. Oh, oh, go ahead. The Washington Post review of this new website was. I spent an hour on it and I still had no clue as to what it was supposed to be. Politico informed the world that uh, they have, lo- and I'm quoting now, launched a propaganda rag so shameless it would make Kim Jong Un blush. <laughs> wow. Wow. And their hook is like they they share, they essentially create these mames. They have it's a, meme, Sean. Um, it's actually French. I'm cultured, uh, and they have these verification codes that you it's can then French. like. So if you see these things and you're worried it's fake news, you can go on the Verit site. You type in the code, be like, okay, this actually came from this place. 
but this thing has been the focus of much ridicule over the past several days, and I've loved it all. Super. <laughs> Returning once again to the Jane Pauley interview with Hillary Clinton on CBS Sunday morning, Hillary was claiming that Donald Trump used racism to win the presidential election. He was quite successful in referencing a nostalgia that would give hope, comfort, settle grievances for millions of people who were upset about gains that were made by others. What you're saying is millions of white people. Millions of white people. Yeah, millions of white people. Who were upset that, like, black people and Mexican people have made gains. Keep explaining Trump that way. And you will never win another election. Does anybody ever put the question to her? Probably not, because it'd be uncomfortable to answer. What about all those counties that went twice for Barack Obama, then voted for Trump? Racist! How do you explain that? Racist! Does Hillary Clinton Uh. ever say, I really missed, I just missed the mark on how much the working class is suffering in this country? Does she ever say that? No. Kind of. She says, I really missed how much people wanted a racist. <laughs> that's that's her admission of guilt. I didn't understand that part. The United, United States is calling for a vote today on new U.N. sanctions against North Korea, though exactly what measures will be in the resolution remain a mystery. Uh, Security Council diplomats who weren't authorized to speak publicly because <laughs> talks have been private said the U.S. and China were still negotiating the text late on Sunday. Meanwhile, back in North Korea, we had no new nuke test reported. Instead, the North Korean government marked its anniversary Saturday by holding a banquet in the capital for its nuclear scientists and engineers. The state-run news agency said the engineers were cheered by citizens who poured out into the streets as they were driven from the test site to the city. I wonder if they weren't planning on a launch at all, or if they were, and something we did behind the scenes or whatever stopped them. See, that's something. It could be triple secret, because I spent the entire weekend on a war footing, waiting. I was watching the news Friday, and they were talking about any hour now we expect North Korea to launch a missile, and they didn't. It's possible something, we got word to them for some reason that was a bad idea. Maybe they went to fire up the old uh, missile launching equipment and it didn't work because we got a virus in there of some sort. Who knows? Mm. A British education expert is predicting robots are going to begin replacing teachers in classrooms within the next 10 years. Sir Anthony Selden, the vice chancellor of the University of Buckingham, says intelligent machines that adapt to suit the learning styles of individual children by reading their brains and facial expressions will be part of a revolution of one-on-one learning, ending having classes of children ranged by year since the kids will be able to learn at their own pace. Well, wait a minute. See, I, because I'm an idiot, uh, I was picturing, you know, a single robot out front waving its arms and teaching like a teacher does. Who no. threw that chalk? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me who threw it or no one will go out for recess. Uh, um, <laughs> instead, it's going to be a screen at the kid's uh, desk. You are Teaching only hurting yourself. <laughs> I mean, I think... Teaching that, at their own pace. I think in many ways, the internet will become the new college. I mean, I can't tell you how many yeah. lectures and quote-unquote classes I've watched of Harvard professors, Stanford right. professors that are just available on their on their publicly available YouTube channel. And I'm, I don't have two commas worth of debt to, 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 sure, to make up right? for I love that. Information should be free. It's, it's floating around. But um, on the teaching thing, that could revolutionize mm-hmm. things. Because I got, I got a couple of kids. I know their friends. 
people learn it. People are at different right. stages. Right. It, may, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to teach everybody at the same pace. Right. right. And and your choice is, if the pace isn't right, is humiliate them by having them, quote-unquote, left behind or whatever. Or uh, not the apocalypse kind, the uh, skipping a grade or, you know, repeating a grade. Or having them uh, jet ahead one year that may or may not, it's great for reading but not for math, that sort of thing. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. You know, I was super frustrated in school because the pace was way too slow. I would have loved this. And imagine you're a kid sitting in one of your progressive states, perfect, uh, particularly Cal Unicornia, where the teacher has to, as we were describing earlier, this is not theoretical, this is actually happening. She has to give the lesson and then give it again with Google Translate in Japanese for one Japanese student in the class. Can you imagine being a particularly bright English-speaking kid having to sit there? You got it immediately. And then the teacher has to repeat it a couple more times in English and then goes through the entire process in Japanese again. Can you imagine that little kid trying not to go crazy in class? Or you could have them taught at their own pace by the uh, Teachatron 2000. The prediction is that the teaching robots will know what it is that most excites you and gives you a natural level of challenge that is not too hard or too easy, but just right for you. That's it. No recess for anyone (laughs) until I find out who threw that job. All right. Before we uh, leave, one more uh, set of reviews of the Verit website, Hillary's new website. This is from Democrat Twitter, Twitterers. What the hell does this site do? <laughs> what in God's gigantic flaming name is this for? <laughs> is it possible that this would make us laughing stocks again? Uh, those are all separate. Then one more. We have a reputation for being entitled defensive corporate shills who are unjustifiably smug, given that we lost to someone's eclipse-staring grandfather. <laughs> Should we really double down on that? <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, wow. Pulitzer for that person. <laughs> uh, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm Strong and Getty Show, the voice of We West. lost to someone's eclipse-staring grandfather. <laughs> Bill is amused. That's good stuff. You lose to Donald Trump, you got to take a look at your yourself, right? Not not at him. And Hillary spends all her time looking at him. I'm looking at the actual Politico headline. This pro-Hillary website looks like North Korean agitprop. Oh, my God. Swing and a miss. Whoops. When is she going to stop embarrassing herself? I pray never. I think she's thinking about running again. Oh, please. Oh, please. Why else would she be doing this? Just to save her sanity? To salvage her uh, legacy. Mm. Her legacy. (laughs) Her legacy, no matter what she wants to do, on her tombstone, they might as well print the woman who lost to Donald Trump. (laughs) The only woman in America who could have lost to Donald Trump and did. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Uh, You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Equifax, you know the people who keep our credit scores and have access to all our financial information? Well, they were hacked. They uh, Hackers got hold of the personal information for more than 143 million Americans. They were able to get credit card numbers, uh, social security numbers, banking information, everything Equifax has. Who would have ever guessed that a company with the word fax in its name would have outdated security technology? <laughs> Equifax, now they have a website where you can go to check to see if your data was compromised. All you have to do to find out is enter your last name and your social security number. (laughs) For real. That's quite a plan. Hey, everybody, you know, your social security number may have been stolen. Give us your social security number. We'll let you know if it was.
I have just, I only have one request for the hackers. If you do steal my identity, please feed it salami every day. It loves it. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, Equifax not, didn't come out of this well. I mean, it was a pre, not, not a good PR thing to start with. But they did. They handled it poorly. Oh, they they handled it in such a way. Scumbags. They acted like scumbags. Yep. They handled it like scumbags. Yeah. Well, you know, idiots. Which might be because the people in charge, maybe they are. But uh, they made themselves <clears throat> into a Wells Fargo or a United Airlines when they didn't have to. If they'd have acted uh, horrified and shocked, and then done lots of things to actually help people, in, instead of immediately thinking, "Oh, how can we screw people out of this?" Which apparently is what they did. It's a weird thing. Um, oh, at some point, I ought to break down all the Equifax executives who sold millions of dollars of their uh, company stock days before informing the public of the data breach. And I imagine they were in on the, we need to come up with a whole bunch of fine print that people will agree to so they can't sue us. And we'll, we'll trick them into agreeing to it. Well, and it was more than a month before they announced it. Yeah. So they all dumped the stock, then went to plotting. Gave it a good five weeks. While your information's hanging out there. Right. Before telling you. That ought to be a crime. I'll tell you what. That ought to be a crime. Uh, If there was no, like, internet and smartphones, there'd be mobs dragging them out of their offices. Not that I'm in favor of that. But I may be. But I'm not. But I may be. (laughs) A couple of texts we got on the text line, which is the best place for them. 415-295-KFTC. Did Charlie Rose ask Bannon about his secret to successful extreme yoga? Asking for a friend. (laughs) Uh, We got this text. I knew Trump was going to win the Sunday before the election because there were no Hillary lawn signs or bumper stickers in my Democrat town, and that's never happened in my whole life. That's interesting. Complete lack of enthusiasm. Yeah, well analyzed. I was distracted by Bannon's grinding his teeth on 60 Minutes. It looked like a toad ready to ribbit. You know what? That was his... <laughs> he looked like a toad, uh, like a frog. His his like neck would expand and contract, expand and contract. And I guess either, <laughs> either his head is about to explode or he was clenching and unclenching his jaw. But it had an amazing effect. Uh, Jack, did you attempt to fix your iPhone screen? No, I took it a place to get it fixed. Took 45 minutes, cost 60 bucks. So I'm not near as afraid about dropping my phone anymore. I mean, 60 bucks ain't nothing. Sure. But uh, it can be done. Cheaper than a grand on a whole new phone. Heck yeah. Uh, any chance of talking about 911 conspiracies today? 911 conspiracies. This is the anniversary of 911, which on the West Coast of the United States would have gone by without me noticing if it hadn't been pointed out to me. Yeah, I think there was a conspiracy. Osama bin Laden and a number of his followers decided to crash a bunch of airplanes into buildings. There was a wrinkle over the weekend about uh, new information that the Saudi government may have been more aware of it than we even thought. Oh, boy, that would shock me not much. That's an interesting conspiracy. I can't even talk about it at my work without everyone saying that it was a conspiracy. I think they're generally referring to the whole Bush was in on it. Sure. Steel doesn't melt, et cetera, et cetera. Jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Exactly. You know how they make steel? You smelt it. Whoever smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> um, That's funny. I didn't know you had an engineering degree. So we got this text last week. I was talking about my wife is making a soap out of goat milk. That's right. And we got a text from somebody who said, my wife made breast milk soap once. Um, and we were all Again. really weirded out by that. It's, it's important to have hobbies. We got a four-hour listener who's been listening to us since 1999. Said he uh, knows a lady who makes breast milk cheese. Ugh. Oh, oh, God. 
I am not eating your breast milk cheese. What do you pair that with? I think we're uh, I think we're 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 s- married in some states. If I do that, what do you pair that with? Well, it's, it's, I was still stuck on rubbing your breast milk all over my naked bod. Eating the cheese. Never mind eating the cheese. You pair it with a big plate of oogie. That's what you do. Oh Thanks. God. Wash it down with shame. So we're going to talk to a reporter. It's in a county where they got more opioid prescriptions than people. Nice. What's going on there? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.